When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With this series where it is, and of course yeah. Nets fans are going to talk themselves into how they match up with the Sixers, how well they can do. Philly's a big favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the general public expects the Sixers to run away with it. How do Sixers fans feel right now? What, what's the mood in, in Philly as far as the, the possible threat that the Nets might yeah. have? Well, so first, thanks for having me on. Um, I would say the general mood of Sixers fans entering the playoffs is terrified, just because if you think about the last few seasons and how it's ended, I think people have been waiting all year for this moment. The Sixers have been incredibly impressive. Uh, They have the most wins in franchise history since 2001. They have the best player in the NBA. They have James Harden having a resurgent season, which I'm sure is not fun for, uh, for you Brooklyn Nets fans to watch. But I think ultimately this is a team that has been bounced in the second round the last few years. And so this is what it's been all about. Now, in terms of the Nets matchup, um, to, for me, it reminds me a lot of when the Giants played the Eagles in the playoffs. And there was a lot of talk of, well, actually, the Giants might be able to do it. And if you think about it, they're underdogs and they're really good at this and that. And then the Eagles just absolutely smacked them around and embarrassed them. I think that's what this is going to be. I think that, you know, ultimately, Sixers fans, in terms of how they're feeling, they feel terrified about the playoffs. But I don't even think they're thinking about the Nets. Like, you never hear anybody talk about the series or talk about how it could be tough or any of those things. You just hear talks about if they can beat Milwaukee or Boston in the later round. So as of now, yeah, I don't think many people are thinking about the Nets. It's more about the next round. And we hear that a lot in sports, right? When you have teams like the Sixers are with lots of expectations, it's fair to say that they, it looks like are probably going to have the MVP. They are one of the teams in the playoffs with the highest uh, levels of expectations looking past your first round matchup is a theme in sports and sometimes yeah. it causes no problems and sometimes it causes worlds of problems just ask purdue of late. <laughs> when you're thinking about the the general uh you know sixers fandom reaction to what's going on and all of the focus on the later rounds do you think that that kind of uh, that feeling, that thinking is reflected at all within the team, or is that just a fan culture uh, situation that you guys are having? Um, I mean, look, I think that human nature is human nature, and I'm sure that there is part of the Sixers deep down that are worrying about Boston and Milwaukee, right? I just think that's that's what it is in the NBA. You're right that looking past your opponent can be dangerous, but not really in the NBA. Like, there's just really not a ton of upsets. It's hard to balance a team four out of seven games when they're just so much better. I mean, the Sixers 
are at a different point in their development and a, t- and a talent perspective than the Nets are. The Nets really only have maybe one and a half good players. And one of those players in Mikel Bridges, you know, I think he's a good player, but he's probably putting up a lot of stats because he's the guy as opposed to being ready to be a legit number one. I think he's probably more of a, a two or a three on a, on a legit contending team. So I think that internally the Sixers, they know they should win this series. They know that ideally they want to get it done in four games so that they can rest up for the second round. So I do think, uh, again, like with the fans, it's hard to get a read on them just because they're not really talking about them. So like, I I think that, yes, they're looking past them for sure. But I think with uh, the Sixers, they know that, look, they have to go out and beat this team. Um, I just think that they don't actually have any worry about it. You know, um, I'm going to push back a little bit now, just because uh, it's getting right. a, it's getting a little out of hand. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, put up more fight than the Nets. We'll see. You know. Yeah. Well, first of all, the Nets have more than one and a half good players. You know, Mikel Bridges is a very good player. Nick Claxton is a very good player. Yeah, Spencer that's the Din- other half. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie is a good player. Uh, you know. Royce O'Neal is a solid basketball Not player. Not according to Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if you saw Twitter today. Yeah, but. no, no. That worries me a little <laughs> bit because it makes me think that, that Spence is going to try and take over a game or something. Yeah. You know, just causing a little unnecessary uh, headlines before the series starts. But Dinwiddie led the NBA in assists in March. He's played very well for this Nets team since the trade. Uh, yeah. Claxton is one of the best defensive bigs in the league. We, we know what, what Bridges is capable of cam johnson is a good do-it-all sort of glue guy player and and so the nets aren't overwhelming you with stars i just i have to be a little reticent of cockiness coming from a team that's fronted by james harden who you know is known for not exactly coming through in the playoffs and joel Embiid, who is likely the mvp as as hudson said but has never been past the second round of the playoffs and when you look at this, this matchup specifically I was at the game, the first Bridges game. It was the debut of Bridges and Johnson and Finney Smith and, and Dinwiddie. Remember, this is a new iteration of, of basically an entire team. Yep. And the Nets blew that game down the stretch. Now, the refs did one of their last two-minute reports and said that Dinwiddie got fouled on a play and he should have shot free throws. They would have won the game. Nevertheless, I do think there are some things the Nets can do head-to-head specifically in this matchup that will make it tough on Philly. One, the way that they can defend. You know, they, they don't have anybody to stop Embiid, but nobody really does. But I think they can they can use timely double teams. I think they can switch a lot of things. And I think they're much faster out in transition than the Sixers. Because yep. Joel Embiid, when you get into the playoffs, he's had a tough time getting up and down the court. He can lumber a little bit getting up and down the court. Uh, James Harden, has never been known for busting his tail to get back. So I think if the if the Nets can swarm, they can switch, they can be timely with those double teams, they can get out and transition and run, they can give the Sixers some problems. A lot of that's going to come down to their three-point shooting, um, which, which has been the case since this team has been put together. But I, I just don't like the idea that, um, you know, it, it's just a, a bum squad that the, the Sixers will well, I, I just all over. Look, I just think when you look at the Nets right now, they're a bunch of role players, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. If they can go out and get a legit star, or ideally in the NBA you need two of them, they could compete quickly because they have a lot of young, athletic, long guys. Like you said, they can get out. I do think one worry for the Sixers, if there is one, is the Nets kind of don't know what they don't know, whereas the Sixers enter this with so much baggage. You mentioned the the playoff failures about how they haven't been out of the second round. They're carrying that into the series. The Nets... 
I mean, you could argue the season's already a success in a way just because of how Mikel Bridges has looked, and there's no expectation for him. So one flaw the Sixers do have is they can look old and slow at times, right? Embiid is not super fast. Obviously, I think Harden is in better shape and playing better than he was when he was in Brooklyn. So if you watch him for seven games, you, I mean, well, probably four games, that you'll be more, you'll be surprised as to he does look better. P.J. Tucker, obviously very old. So I don't disagree with you that the Nets, if they can get out and run, could cause some problems for the Sixers. But in terms of how they'll guard Embiid, like the Nets just don't, I think Embiid has 60 or 70 pounds on every big man the Nets actually play. So he has a huge size advantage. Teams in the past have tried to double him. He's way better now than he used to be at that early on in his career. And really, even within last year and the year before, he's had turnover problems. If you double him, he wasn't used to seeing it coming. He could get sloppy with the ball, but he's been far better with that this year. So I think just the Sixers have easily the two best players in the series. And in the NBA, that kind of is what it is. Now, from the Nets perspective, I'd also say if they shoot well, then they could be a problem because the Sixers do allow good three-point shots. Like when you see the Sixers lose, it's because guys are shooting wide open threes. The Nets have some shooters for sure. So that would be one concern, I think, for the Sixers. That is if their defense, which can be pretty hit or miss, does allow open shots to the Nets, they at least do have guys capable of hitting them at a potentially high clip. Well, I think it's guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, right? Is he hitting his quarter threes? Yep. That, that kind of thing. Uh, Rahola88 uh, writes in the chat, the Nets have a puncher's chance. Tamaris Aquamarine says, who needs to hear from this jerk from Philly? We're not going to we're not gonna call him a jerk here, guys. He should choke on one of those awful Philly cheese. That's very oh, – yeah, take that back. We're, we're stricken, Look, I, stricken from the record. I personally don't I, – I, I have nothing negative to say about a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. You know – it, well, that's, better than New York pizza, so I guess that you know. Kind oh, of, we'll right. see. Now, now there, there we're gonna have issues. There we're gonna. Yeah, I mean, pizza tastes the same store. everywhere, so it's it really not though. It doesn't. You can really, only get a good cheese until you. So. I, you've clearly never been to St. Louis and had a like a, 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 a Provel cheese on, on yeah. pizza. Yeah, and I, I will say I do have to push back, and I don't want to. Obviously, we're kind of two on oneing the uh, the Sixers fan on the podcast. <laughs> I don't. I do have to push back a little bit. Uh, this it seems to be to me at least that among Sixers fans, and I understand why, there has been a bit of a look pass when it comes to the impact that Nick Claxton can have on a series in the playoffs. When and anyone who watches the NBA can admit this, the refs tend to swallow their whistles quite a bit more mm-hmm. than they do in the regular season. And as a Sixers fan, I'm sure you've heard the uh, the free throw merchant allegations all season and for as long as your core as it is currently constructed has existed do you think and and i would say yes that there are some problems that are going to be faced by the sixers if they cannot get to the line in the same way because quite frankly we've seen joel Embiid struggle when he can't get those free points and if you have a player like nick claxton who say one and a half good players all you want nick claxton is not half of a good player he is a Mm -hmm top three finalists for defensive player of the year at center. And you can't deny that. Yeah. He may not so, be physically as dominant as Joel Embiid, but the Nets also have two of the best defensive wings in the league. So what happens then when, you know, the, the free right. throws maybe aren't coming at the same clip that they did in the regular season? So I think a couple things. One thing from the ref perspective You do wonder if Embiid, with how much weight he has on Nick Claxton, if there are going to be, if there are, if they are going to call it close and the refs are involved, then you do wonder if Embiid's going to pick up some fouls just because of how big he is. And you're right, Nick Claxton is a good defender. 
But I also think that if they're going to let them play, Embiid is just too big to to get stopped by Nick Clax. 